Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 247 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Get ready to have your mind absolutely blown. Dr. Brooke Scheller is back. Her first episode was one of our most listened to, and it's only right to have her back and give us more tips and tricks. On this episode, you will learn what adaptogens and supplements to take to calm your mind and your nervous system naturally without alcohol. Hint, the adaptogens she recommends are all in chill vibe gummies. What to eat and when to eat to avoid wine o'clock cravings, how alcohol really affects your body's cortisol, and how it affects fertility in both men and women. And of course, we could not not talk about sugar cravings, why we get them, and how to get rid of them. I am so blown away by all the wisdom and knowledge that Dr. Brooke drops on us. I'm pretty much speechless this whole entire episode. Dr. Brooke, hello. So happy to have you on again. I'm so happy to be back. You know, Uh you were one of the first podcasts I ever listened to in my sober journey. Really? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm so flattered. I'm so flattered (laughs) to be here and be on again for a second time. I have to say, your first episode was one of the most listened because people definitely care about their health, especially our community. You know, a lot of a lot of women are sober or changing their relationship for the health of it, which I think, you know, everyone in the back of our mind is concerned about our health these days. It's 2024. If, if you're not, what are we doing? Right? <laughs> Got to get your health involved. It's uh, definitely a holistic approach. And so your first episode was just so, so popular. And now you're back and you've written a book. I have How written a that? book, baby. It is, How are you, know, you feeling? How are you feel feeling great. now that the book is out? I feel great. I feel a huge sense of relief now that the book is actually out. There's this like pressure that's all building up behind the scenes as it's 
as all of this is coming to fruition. And now that the book launched a couple of weeks ago, it's a big sense of relief that it's out there and that I'm getting a lot of positive feedback. And, um, you know, I'm getting a lot of kind messages about how it's helping people. And that's really the goal with it is, you know, this information for me, and, you know, you're not the first person to tell me that it's been one of the most listened to podcasts because it's something that mm. is so obvious, but yet no one has really spoken about it, right? Like the nutrition side of things. And I always share too that alcohol is technically considered a macronutrient because it provides calories. So from like a scientific standpoint, we almost look at it similarly to carbs, fats, and proteins. So it's really the fourth kind of macronutrient. That's how I learned it in school. And, um, And so when we think about it in that way, we have to think about it as part of our nutrition or part of our, you know, what we eat and drink. And for so long, it's kind of been this like other thing, right? Yeah. It's just this like side little mm-hmm. treat, like afterthought, you know, it's right. just something that we like you just work in. It's yeah. It's there. Yeah. And it's, but when we start talking about it as a nutrition issue, mm-hmm. uh, it changes things and it changes, I think, how we think about it in the context of our overall wellness. It changes how we think about it in the context of, of how we choose the other foods that we eat or beverages we consume. And so mm-hmm. it's really metabolized in our body, just like anything else would be. The problem is that it right. is more disruptive to the body than most other things that we consume. And well, so that yeah. gets into, yeah, some of the effects of it um, is what we'll be discussing today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's disruptive in so many different levels, right? Mm-hmm. Mentally, physically, spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, alcohol isn't just like a banana. You know, it, bananas don't don't cause like addiction or cause um, certain behavioral issues or shame or guilt. You know, alcohol is such a loaded product. I don't even know how else to say it, how to categorize it. It's a yeah. loaded product. It is. And, and again, for so long, I think we thought of it as this kind of null substance mm-hmm. that, you know, we just... We drank it. We didn't think much of about it. We we didn't even talk about it much in the context of our health and wellness, mm-hmm. and that's really changing now. And I, I'm really hoping to help change that conversation because even as someone who's an expert in nutrition and wellness, and I've, I've been in you know these circles for ten plus years, and there's still a lot of alcohol in in these circles, and it's yeah. easy to kind of put it to the side and, and, and separate it. But one of the things I always like talking about too, is that there's this huge push now toward like a low tox life where everybody is swapping out their personal products and filtering their water. And we're talking about microplastics and we're talking about all of these other influential compounds in our body. And yet Mm. we're consuming a bunch of alcohol, which is a huge source of toxins. And if you were to ask me from a prioritization standpoint, you know, should you be worrying about filtered water, personal products, or X, Y, and Z, I would say alcohol should be the number one thing because some mm-hmm. of us are putting in large, large quantities of this. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a big thing to consider as part of our overall wellness picture. Definitely. And I think going back to that, like alcohol being loaded is you don't necessarily want to give up something that is 
giving you or, or giving you the, the illusion of filling in the gaps that you need in your life, right? Like yeah. alcohol is different in that it serves so many purposes or people use it to serve so many purposes um, that it it's just has a very strong emotional pull. It's an emotional tie to like break this bond. It's a toxic relationship with a toxin. Like mm-hmm. you can't get any more like enthralled than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unhealthy but, relationship, like a bad boyfriend or something. We can exactly. think of it. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Exactly like a bad boyfriend. And the things that we use it for, right, for relaxation, for helping us to unwind, for helping us cope, helping us socialize, maybe even Mm. give us energy, that's where nutrition can also pick up the pieces because we can utilize Mm -hmm. certain nutrients or herbs or supplements to help initiate similar feelings or similar, you know, relaxation. So one thing that I know that we wanted to talk about the kind of nutrition element of this vicious cycle of how we can, you know, drink alcohol, have these depletion and certain nutrients. And that's a big part of the book. Um, You know, we talk about the nutrients that are affected when we consume alcohol regularly, but something Mm -hmm. like magnesium, for example, which is our body's relaxing mineral, If we are Mm -hmm. deficient in magnesium, we will have trouble with relaxation, with sleep, with, um, you know, feeling like we can unwind at the end of the day. And well, what do we use alcohol for? We use it for exactly that, right? So could we enhance things like magnesium status in the body to to make it easier for us to de-stress and unwind at the end of the day? Right. Would you say, and now I've kind of heard this I don't know if it if it's true or if it's not. Maybe you can you can debunk this, but that everyone is to a degree deficient in magnesium. Yeah. So the statistic is that about seventy percent of the U.S. population is deficient, yeah. okay. and you know I would say that that means that there's a very good chance that you're deficient. And probably the people who aren't deficient are the ones with the super clean diets who are eating lots of leafy greens. A lot of the foods, nuts and seeds are another great source. Um, and some of the, um, animal-based proteins as well, or taking a supplement, but a lot of people are low in magnesium. And, you know, some of the symptoms that you might experience if you are low in magnesium are similar to what we mentioned. So trouble falling asleep, trouble staying asleep, um, trouble with relaxation, nerve twitching. So like any type of muscles, muscle twitching, muscle aches, if you get restless legs, that can be an indication of magnesium deficiency. And it's one of the minerals that is hard to overdo. So taking a supplement can be something that's beneficial for most people, regardless of your magnesium status. Cool. So it's it's easy to say like, that is a surefire way. That's why magnesium is blowing up on TikTok. It's blowing up on social media. It's like the buzz, the trend right now. Like everyone's on their magnesium kick. (laughs) Yeah. And you know how these things kind of come and go every couple of years, like someone mentions it and it's a big, big topic, but especially with regards to the alcohol conversation, because again, what do we use alcohol for? Most of the time we're using it to relax. And so how do we find more natural ways of initiating that relaxation mechanism? Magnesium is one of them, but it's not the only way to do that. Um, But it could be a critical piece in the puzzle, especially, again, if you have maybe some of those symptoms or if you've used alcohol to sleep and things like that. 
What else would you recommend for that relaxation component? Yeah. So one of the really interesting things that alcohol does in the brain, like a lot of us hear about this dopamine thing, right? Like, oh, alcohol gives us dopamine. It gives us that hit of, you know, reward that like feel good sensation. But actually one of the other things that alcohol does is it gives us this kind of, um, initial boost of one of the other neurotransmitters called GABA. And Mm -hmm. GABA is one of our body's relaxing neurotransmitters. So alcohol helps us. I like to explain it like this. It's like taking our foot off the gas and pressing on the brakes. So like it gives us this slowdown, right? Which is what we oftentimes feel, especially if we drink too much, right? We get like a real slowdown in the nervous system. Right. And so GABA is one of the other areas that I like to focus on to help with relaxation, you can take a a GABA supplement. You can Mm -hmm. take other amino acids that can help with enhancing GABA. And also even things like adaptogens, so herbs like Mm -hmm. ashwagandha or rhodiola, um, those can also be good because they help with cortisol and balancing cortisol levels, which is another reason why we might feel overstimulated. So a lot of it is how do we take out this overstimulation that we might be feeling um, Mm -hmm. through food, through herbs, through minerals, for example. Um, But even like we were, and we were kind of talking about this before we hopped on the call, but like, how do we get our nervous system into a better place? right? So if you're really overstimulated in your job, in your life, where you live, um, you know, all of, move. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the answer. (laughs) Easier said than done for most people, probably. Um, But it's really all about this kind of, and I've been hearing, speaking of trends on TikTok or Instagram, like a lot of discussion about regulating the nervous system, because that's really what we're looking to do with alcohol oftentimes is we're looking to help balance our nervous system. So aside from food and nutrition, meditation, um, you know, Mm -hmm. even tapping EFT, emotional freedom technique, that's another way to help balance and reset the nervous system. Um, And so that's what we're really looking to do when we're drinking. Yeah. Um, And so, but there are other ways to do that. Yeah. Listen, time and time again, I hear women being like, I just need to relax. I've been running around all day. I've been doing this, that, and the other for everybody else in my life. When I get home, when the kids are in bed, eight o'clock is my time, mm-hmm. right? And so what happens in that my time? Mm-hmm. Usually you reach for the easy button, which happens to be a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. But what, what I'm hearing from you is like, this is a long game. This isn't just an easy button, right? These are, these are making changes throughout the day. This is setting yourself up for success with mm-hmm. supplements, with different foods, different modalities to achieve these same states of relaxation. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest, it sounds like work. Work. <laughs> yeah, because it is. It's a little <laughs> bit of work, point. but listen, it is... It is um, but isn't it all work? It is yeah, the next I mean it's day necessary after you drink work. the wine. That's exactly. work. So here's the thing, right? Yeah. And this is in this is in the science, this is in the research. Now, we might think that alcohol is giving us is helping us relax, right? Like it yeah. gives us that initial feeling of relaxation that it's 
helping to lower our stress. Like how many people who are listening can relate to using alcohol to lower their stress, right? Yeah, sure. Stress is high at the end of the day and you want to take the edge off. Well, while alcohol provides maybe this initial kind of release from that, mm-hmm. it actually is driving stress. So what we see in the research oh. is that cortisol is increased when we drink alcohol. Cortisol is the body's stress hormone. So when we have stress, cortisol will rise. And when we drink, alcohol does not help that stress. In fact, it makes the cortisol levels go higher. And it takes about seven days for the body to reset cortisol levels after drinking. So that means if you're drinking once a week, your cortisol levels are being affected and and you're not allowing your, your body to get back to baseline. So this is something, seven days, which again, this is something I've been talking a lot about too, of, of that you don't have to be drinking every single day for alcohol to be affecting your life every single day. Because these instances where maybe we go and we have a couple of drinks on the weekend, or maybe there's two days on the weekend that we drink, that is not just showing up as a hangover the next day. I think a lot of people can relate to maybe a carryover onto the following day, right? I know I could in my previous days of heavy drinking, like even on Monday, even if you drank on Saturday by Monday, you were still not feeling 100%. Well, that is affecting you day after day after day, right? So Mm -hmm. it's not just about, and this is the the misnomer, is that Mm -hmm. you have to be drinking every single day or almost every single day to to have a problem or to need to quit. Right. But the reality is if you want to feel your best and you want to optimize your health, even drinking once a week, a couple times a week is still affecting your health in some way. And it's affecting your body's ability to come down and to actually process and relax naturally, right? So that's one of the the misconceptions that I like to share and like to break because, you know, it is one of those things that we want to be more mindful with our choices if we want to have optimal health. And that even those small amounts of alcohol are potentially setting you up for some other challenges. Yeah, it just sounds like it's completely derailing. Like you said, even one or two drinks, you're going to have that that effect for 7 days. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. It is. And that means if you're really drinking once a week, if you're drinking yeah. once a week, which isn't a lot, right? It doesn't right. seem like a lot. It seems pretty minor. Um right. and nominal, I think in the scheme of things. But it is having an impact on things like your cortisol levels. This also affects your sex hormones. It affects your blood sugar. It affects many other hormonal systems throughout the body. And so, you know, even something like fertility, and I find this to be really interesting, but there's a really great study that was done in 2021 and looked at conception rates and women who were drinking at different points during their cycle. And what they found is that alcohol at any point in a woman's cycle decreased Mm -hmm. their ability to conceive, but it was worse when drinking during the ovulation period. So definitely during the ovulation period had an effect, but that effect was seen throughout the course of the cycle. 
right? So I know that that's something that the millennial gals these days are starting to come up against with fertility, especially with, um, you know, pregnancy later, maybe into the 30s rather than in the late 20s. And so, you know, it is not just a null substance like we used to or once thought it was, that it is truly having these impacts that we want to consider. Oh, I can attest to that. Like, actually, I can think of two specific coaching clients who actually after, what is it, like six months of not drinking, got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like, and they've not been the trying. Pregnant. They've been trying and trying and trying. Mm-hmm. And then six months of being like completely alcohol-free, boom. Well, and think about it this way, right? There's warning labels to say, don't drink while you're pregnant, right? Well, you have to yeah. think about, well, <laughs> well what about before I get, like, the, if it's bad for a baby. Yeah. It is also bad for the mother and the father. And this isn't just for women too with fertility, but it also affects men, sperm quality, sperm count, uh, testosterone levels and things like that. So it is also affecting the male too. And so that is something to consider as well if fertility is a goal that not only mom, but also dad should be considering alcohol intake. Wow. Mm -hmm. This is just- I love that. I I love- me too. I love like the statistics and how this one substance can just touch every part and aspect of your body. Like, every truly. part and every part truly. of our mind. You know, I was just talking about yeah. this with my online group last night. We did a vision board session for 2024. I love vision boards. And, yes. um, you know, alcohol is like this one thing that impacts all of these other areas, right? Yep. Like it's not just about your social life and your social life that might change if you quit drinking or decide to cut back. Mm-hmm. It is like it opens up every door in your career, in your finances, in your relationships, in your friendships, in your goals. And I mean, you name it and alcohol is either hindering or helping if you're not, you know, if you're not consuming. So it's something to consider. And I know is like, it's a really big thing to change, but it is also something that can have such an impact across the board. Yeah. I mean, it's a big change for big changes. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's so cool. I love to hear all these little facts about it. It's just so interesting to me. I want to talk about blood sugar. You mentioned, mm-hmm. you touched on that before. What is going on with the sugar cravings? This is yeah. always an issue. It what is happens? What issue. is going on? <laughs> why? Why, why, why? Just tell me why. Why yeah. do we have sugar cravings, especially after we stop drinking? Yeah, well, there's a couple different things that are happening here. And most of what people think about is, is again, we'll go back to dopamine. And dopamine gets like a lot of attention in this arena, right? Because people have, I think because it was one of the earlier understood um, processes of of how alcohol can increase dopamine. And I I like to think about it in like points as a point system. So like, for example... If you were to drink alcohol, you get 150 dopamine points, right? Like, bing, you get like a big spike in dopamine points. I like thinking of it in this way. Um, Whereas like nature, for example, if you spend time in nature, nature will also give you dopamine points, but it only gives you about five dopamine points, right? So when we think about it in that way, right? Well, what do you want? You want like this 
When we are used to getting these 150 dopamine points and other drugs like cocaine, for example, 200 dopamine points, right? So we get all these like big dopamine hits from these like big, you know, monumental things like drugs or alcohol, right? So when Mm -hmm. we take it away and we take away the alcohol and or the drugs or other things that are boosting the dopamine that high, it takes our body Mm -hmm. some time to readjust to these kind of lower dopamine points, right? So that's why a lot of times people struggle with feeling, you know, um, like they're getting the same type of pleasure, like when they're going out with friends, maybe they're not enjoying it as much. But also, you and you know this, Jess, that over time, we start to recalibrate. So those things start to feel better, right? So the five dopamine points start to feel better, right? They start to feel more pleasurable. Um, well, they so feel dop- like 50. Yes. You know what I mean? Like they don't feel yep. like, because that's, that's a huge gap right. between five and maybe 150. Right. That's a that's a very large gap, but also it's a gap that is unsustainable, unsustainable. because you're also comparing it to like the synthetic, unnatural source of dopamine. Right. So you're literally comparing like apples to oranges. Right. And I right. think I, this is this is a huge issue when people are comparing their maybe sober life or sober experiences to their drinking life. Mm -hmm. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm. These gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash ASGG. Comparison game never helps anyone. Well, I always always going to be disappointed. 
I always like to share with people like the body recalibrates, right? So like when we stop having those experiences and to be fair and to be honest, when I look back and I think about how I was actually feeling at that time, like I wasn't feeling very good. Like you kind of, you're almost overstimulated in that regard. You're almost, that's why we also, why we get some of that anxiety when we're coming down because Mm. we're feeling this kind of disconnect and this like almost this like burnout or this like hangover from getting all of that excess dopamine. Well, now we're going back to that baseline and that baseline does not feel good. Right. So there's a little bit of this to, to kind of circle and like circle this back to the sugar business. Um, You know, this is some of why they're um, some of where the sugar cravings come from. But what I actually like to talk about more in regard to the sugar cravings is blood sugar. And the reason why is because, well, two reasons. One is that there is a very clear indication and connection between hypoglycemia and people who overuse alcohol. Hypoglycemia is when our body has a tendency to fall more into a state of low blood sugar. And this happens because when we drink alcohol on a consistent or regular basis, it affects how our liver releases some of the hormones that help to regulate blood sugar. So things like Mm. glucagon, how the pancreas releases insulin, for example. So it kind of disrupts the way that our body regulates blood glucose or blood sugar. So what happens is if we have a tendency to fall more into a state of low blood sugar, what we need whenever we're in a state of low blood sugar is we need a quick source of sugar or carbs to help increase our blood sugar back up. Right. So what often happens is we experience these cravings for sugar during times that we're maybe experiencing low blood sugar. And so what we can do, and this is a big part of the book and a big part of what we talk about in, um, in my program, Functional Sobriety, is how do we manage that blood sugar a little bit more consistently throughout the day so that we're not hitting those low lows and we're not getting these um, intense cravings for sugar or carbs or alcohol. Because even though alcohol has this tendency to put us into the state of hypoglycemia, alcohol, the, what we consume has carbs and sugar as a part of it, right? So normally when we drink wine, right, there's some carbohydrates that are part of it. So it's going to give us a little bit of that boost that we're seeking. So I like to talk about this one even more so because by adopting some simple recommendations, like increasing your protein intake throughout the day. Um, Mm -hmm. and those, those who are in my groups know I talk a ton about just having an afternoon snack and the importance of when you're at the witching hour, right? The time where maybe your cravings are the strongest, 4 p.m., 5 p.m., whatever that time is for you. My first question is always, when was the last time you ate? And what was it that you ate? Because typically it was lunch five or six hours ago. Uh, Maybe there was an afternoon snack, which was something quick, sugary, sweet, right? Well, my question is always, are you actually really craving alcohol or is your body just indicating that your blood sugar is low and you need to eat something, right? Ideally something with some protein, maybe some fiber rich carbs. Um, And so doing that in the afternoon can be a game changer if you're someone who has a really difficult time in the afternoon. 
I am literally almost like going back into my past and seeing <laughs> I can literally pinpoint when my cravings would start and how much I have not eaten. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. At all. Yeah, I had this realization in one of my very earliest dry January groups. I think it was probably dry January 2022. And I had this one client who was like, Dr. Brooke, I like I have to have that glass of wine in the afternoon. It gives me the energy to get through the evening to cook dinner to and the reality is it was only giving her quote unquote energy for about an hour. And then she was crashing again because she wasn't actually stabilizing her blood sugar, she would just continue drinking more because it was then it was throwing her blood sugar even into more disarray. And so that's also, this is the blood sugar conundrum, if you will, is also what kind of surges that, well, once you have one drink, you Mm -hmm. have a little quick spike from the carbs and the sugar and a quick drop, right? Well, now you're craving a second drink. You go back up, you go back down. And so that is also part of what's happening when you're kind of, once you pop, you can't stop vibe. Um, yes. And so when she was saying this to me, I'm going, when, when was the last time? Wait you- a second. And so, and it, and it worked and it works with a lot. It works with everyone. Um, yeah. And so I like to share this too, because how often are we like, I just don't have the willpower to say no. Like we put so much on willpower we do. and usually, usually it's our, our bodies are really smart. They're sending yeah. us signals to say, I need something. Yeah. This isn't about pass your- out. Exactly. This isn't about your ability to say yes or say no or your moral failing. It is simply listening. And and how often, right, are we just disconnected from our bodies? The more we drink, the more disconnected we are. We just don't, we're not listening to the signals of our body. We're not in our body. And so a lot of this journey and this process is just coming back out and saying, well, how am I actually feeling? Am I hungry? Mm -hmm. Actually, I am hungry. Am I thirsty? I'm thirsty right? And so getting back in tune with the signals that our body is sending us and not just using alcohol to support every signal. Yeah. 
it's oh my gosh I, I I'm literally <laughs> yeah and and just how you even mentioned like the the ups and downs like mm-hmm. of course you're gonna want a second drink mm-hmm. like that makes so much sense like emotionally and physically yep. you almost need another drink to to yep. chase that high and yep. to chase that that spike in blood sugar that makes perfect sense to me You mentioned like a snack and you mentioned also Mm -hmm. like protein rich foods. Is -hmm. there any kind of suggestions or examples of those snacks or protein rich foods that we can reach for? Yeah. So in the afternoon, especially you want to make sure there's protein there, but you also want to make sure you're having protein consistently throughout the day. So that means breakfast breakfast, there should be protein. Um, And I usually suggest at least 15 grams of protein for a snack and at least 25 for a meal. So sometimes it's helpful for people to take a MyFitnessPal or another tracking app, even just for a couple of days or to punch in a couple of your meals and see what your protein looks like. Most of the time, people are not hitting protein goals. And there's this kind of misconception that the um, the standard American diet or more most of us are eating enough protein or we're over consuming protein, but we're really not consuming it at the right times of day. So we might be eating, you know, lots of protein at dinner if we're having steak or chicken or some type of animal protein, but right. we might not be getting much of it at breakfast, for example. So even yeah. that is something that can set up your blood sugar and the regularity of your blood sugar throughout the day. So you want to be having protein sources throughout. I talk a lot about this in the book. There's also 50 recipes in the book. By the way, most people don't know this. There's recipes in the book at the back. Lots of high protein. Um, But this can look like in the afternoon. One of the things I love to suggest is a cheese plate. And I suggest it because it's kind of fun and like celebratory too. And like who doesn't love the little accoutrements and like, you know, having a little bit of variety. I think people always think of nutrition and healthy eating as this like boring carrots and celery sticks kind of like it doesn't have to be that to be um you know exciting i'm i love a cheese plate and kind of having a little bit of variety and um you know if you pour yourself a little non-alcoholic drink or have a a bubbly water or something at that time can also help with kind of that need for you know to substitute the drink but even things like um you know, jerky and a piece of fruit, or, you know, I'm a big fan of deli turkey and having that rolled up with some avocado or, um, you know, I also do one of my favorite things to do is goat cheese with red peppers and everything bagel seasoning. Delish, right? So you want to just be making sure you're getting that protein source. That's going to be the key there. Hard boiled eggs are another great one. Um, and, and sometimes I even have people, if they can't get the protein, making sure there's fiber and some healthy fats. So even something like an apple with almond butter or an apple with some nuts is another great alternative. Love that. I am definitely, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of protein shakes, especially in the morning. I Mm -hmm. never, ever used to have breakfast and I, Mm -hmm. my first meal of the day would be like at 12 noon. How? wild is that Mm -hmm. and I like I ate like that for years and I feel like I would gradually eat more and more as the day goes on and then just feel like horrible at night and it would be Mm -hmm. so hard to get to bed 
and I would be so irritated throughout the day. But I don't know, tell me if I'm doing this, this right or wrong, but I kind of like flipped. Like if, if you kind of envision like a triangle, like I used to eat like the, the least at the beginning of the day and then the most like as the triangle would go out. But I flipped the triangle. Mm-hmm. And so I'm eating like the most at breakfast, having like a pretty large lunch and then barely anything. Maybe even like some nights I just have, like I'll make homemade frozen yogurt. Mm-hmm. Look at but you. It, I mean, listen, it sounds fancy. It's literally it yogurt good. and frozen food and frozen fruit. And I blend it together and I add like a little bit of honey. Oh my gosh. Game changer. Sounds delicious. And yeah, and you have some protein there from the yogurt. I would say even Greek yogurt that has the higher protein content. Greek yogurt, yes. Yep. Yep. So, and that's perfectly fine. I mean, everybody's body is a little bit different, right? So what works for one person doesn't work for everyone. But also this kind of begs the question too, like you were almost doing intermittent fasting previously, like when you were not eating until noon. which is something I generally don't recommend, especially early on in sobriety. So um, I know that there's like, it's, it's a pretty hot topic, hot button topic. People love to talk about intermittent fasting. It works really well for men. It doesn't always work as well for women. And that is because we have more hormonal fluctuation and oftentimes have more difficulty with managing cortisol levels and all of that play into blood sugar hunger and satiety and those things throughout the day. So I'm actually more of a proponent of having breakfast in the morning, something high in protein, having more frequent snacks and meals throughout the day. So every three to four hours or so, and that is going to help keep that blood sugar regulated throughout the day. And that's going to help with some of those cravings, not only for sugar, also for alcohol. And also if you're having a lot of carbohydrate cravings, those are sugar cravings um, because carbohydrates all break down to sugar in the body. So you might say, I'm not a sweet person, but you prefer carbs. You prefer bagels, pizza, pasta, those types of things. That is one and the same. And so if you are having those cravings, you will still benefit from the increased protein recommendations too. I have to tell you, Brooke, I have never had such a stable mood. Mm-hmm. I was always so cranky and mm-hmm. irritable, like, and like hot flashes in the morning mm-hmm. because I'm not eating. Like, yeah, I just can't believe I did that for so long. And then especially after not like drinking and not eating mm-hmm. till 12 o'clock, like I can't even imagine my body was so angry. No yeah, and that's so a big thing too, right? <laughs> our blood sugar will affect our mood, right? And that yeah. is why when we have gone long periods of time without eating and we get that hangry, quote unquote, you know, we're oh, irritable, real. we're ready to chew someone's head off. Like that is that is how we feel when our blood sugar is low. And sometimes when we are feeling that way, we're not recognizing that it's food related, right? Yeah. We just wake up cranky. Okay, yes. well, if you're waking up cranky, you need to have something to eat within an hour of waking up. Quick, yes. quick within totally. an hour of waking up. So Change keep in mind that all the things we're talking about as you're listening, like your mood is tied into this as well. Anxiety is tied into this. Um, you know, so you want to be mindful of this. And again, that's why um, 
in the book, there is actually like a four-week plan that helps you work on building your nutrition plan, mapping this kind of stuff out so you can map out your your schedule of eating, what it is that you're going to eat at those times, and then again, things like supplements to to start to bridge some of these gaps as well. I love that. Gosh, I yeah, wish yeah. I had that when I was first getting sober. I know. I wrote this book it's for literally past a game changer. <laughs> I wrote this so book for good. past me. Um, because she would it be is so happy. She would be so, so happy. happy. Um, but she's happy that she got to wrote it, write it anyway. Yeah. I think yeah. she needed you to get to this point to experience all these things mm-hmm. and then put, put it all together and encapsulate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's why the, um, the initial dedication in the book is actually, I will read it to you. Mm. There's two dedications in the book. The first one is to the little girl who fought the battles so that I could show up for my destiny. I see you. Mm. I feel you. I love you. Ah. I love that. She, she worked hard so, to get here. She and, sure um, did. and the second is to my late grandmother who had 50 years of sobriety when she died, by the way. Wow. Um, to my late grandmother, Mary Regis Allen, who spoke the language of recovery to me long before I could understand it. Hmm. And she passed away before I got sober. So I, uh, but I have to imagine that she was speaking to me yeah. as someone in recovery, you know, throughout my life. And that influences me a lot, a lot today because, you know, I really believe this. I really believe that we're all on this path for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think depending on where you're at, listeners, um, you know, if you're already alcohol-free or you're kind of towing in and trying to figure out what's right for you, I always share like, we kind of like know it in our gut, right? Like, oh, I think this is something I should do. Like, oh, kind of sucks because I don't know if I can do it or I don't know if it's going to be the right thing. But I really just challenge you to like follow that little breadcrumb Mm-hmm. because I know for me and for just about every other person that I've spoken to who's done this, who's gotten sober, who's, you know, changed their relationship with alcohol, like their entire life has changed for the better. And I don't know anyone who's like, eh, I don't know. I didn't really like that. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah. For the most part, it's, it's a really positive and influential thing. I mean, I wanted to write a book my whole life and never knew what I would write a book about. I always said, put it on my goals list year after year. And then I got sober and within a couple months I was like, oh my God, I have this expertise. Like, and no one's talking about this thing. And, and all of the doors like opened. I didn't even have to tr- like try. <laughs> That's the crazy part. Well, I tried. It was aligned. Yeah. Yeah. It was super aligned. Yeah. And so, what I find with people that I work with in sobriety is like they find that alignment, right? Yeah. That alcohol, again, is this one thing that's like kind of pulling you off your path a little bit. Yeah. And so, I really it's believe muddying the path. that. Yeah. I really believe if you have that feeling in your gut and you just follow that breadcrumb, your life's going to change. I know it for sure. Totally. And to be honest, alcohol ain't going anywhere. You know where to find it. You can always yeah. go back if you don't like it. But few do. Yeah. Yeah. Few do. It's all about just kind of exploring this this new path, knowing that um, you know, I really believe that we get here, like you're probably listening to this for a reason. 
<laughs> I know even that when we got on this call and we started talking about, you know, what we were talking about, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I think I'm meant to be here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Every conversation, every podcast I have, and, and trust me, like I am a very nervous, very anxious person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like praying, you know, and it's not personal to, to my guests, but I'm like, if they cancel, it's fine. Like I'm totally fine. Mm-hmm. Every time I do these conversations and I have these interviews, it's something that I need to hear. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, keep the ball rolling. Keep moving forward. You're like, I am doing this podcast for me and me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone else listens, great. It's just a bonus. But actually, it's like also overcoming my own anxiety, right? Like yeah. my own anxiety of like talking to people. Talk. I don't know half of these people you know, personally, like, yeah, it's yeah. just my own, I'm challenging myself. It's me against me kind of thing. You know, and I really believe that alcohol holds us back from so much. I mean, I know that things like mental health related anxiety, low mood, all of that stuff, I lifelong anxiety and depression. And mm-hmm. You know, there are still times in my life where I'm overwhelmed and my nervous system is dysregulated and I'm still feeling those things. But for the most part, alcohol was really, really influencing those areas. And again, when we talk about, I mean, to kind of circle back to the nutrition thing real quick too, like a lot of these nutrients that we're depleted in affect our mood, even magnesium, again, relaxing, but things like our B vitamins and B12, for example. And so this is all, you know, all in the spirit of healing your body and getting yourself back to a place where you feel comfortable in your own body that you don't need to seek the outside help of other things. Yeah. Yeah. Reaching for outside situations or substances when this is an inside job. And I think that's why it's so scary. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a, a you with you situation. Luckily, we find other people along the way, right? Yes, definitely. We learn from we learn from the sober folks who have gone before us, and um, you know, I'm grateful to your podcast and all of the other resources. I mean, there's so many resources today for people who are exploring this that there's really something for everyone, and um, and that's where you know, with the nutrition and wellness side of things, if you're someone who's interested just naturally in those things. Like a lot of the clients that I work with are people who've taken supplements, done a lot of the nutrition things before and still really struggled with alcohol. So they resonate a lot with the approach that is more nutrition or wellness oriented. Wow. That's Mm -hmm. so cool. Yeah. So Brooke, you are going on, you're on tour for- I am on tour. Where can we find you? And how can we, how can we stay in touch and and find out what city you're coming to next. It's LA is the next stop, correct? LA, San Diego, I'm being Tampa. And then I'm taking a little, little break in February. And then I'm going back out to a couple of cities. Austin is potentially on the map. There's a lot of interest in Chicago. So we might have some Chicago going on. 
Um, so yes, more to come. And actually I've been polling people and saying like, where should I come next? And I've been getting lots of, lots of interest. So that's exciting too, but you can learn more about me, about the book. Functionalsobriety.com is where you can also find out about my online programs, my online community, the Functional Sobriety Network, and definitely follow me on Instagram at dr. Dr. Brooke Scheller. That is where I post lots of good tips. Lots of amazing mm-hmm. podcast episodes like this one and all the stops on the book tour. Awesome. Brooke, thank you so much. I feel like we could have talked for hours. I know, we really could have. Because there's so much. This is such a, I mean, I find it so, just so fascinating. I love learning about my body and how how it works. I think it's so empowering, right? Like when the no, the more you know about yourself, the more I find it empowering. Totally. And like I said, we become so disconnected from our bodies. So like this is really an opportunity in sobriety to just get more in tune with yourself, what your body needs. And um, and that controls a lot of how we feel. So we really do have control over how we feel. Yeah. I mean, personally, before before sobriety, I used to be like, "Ah, don't want to know, like, you know, kind of ignorance is bliss (laughs) kind of thing. Like, oh, whatever. If it happens, it happens. But now I am not afraid, you know, Mm -hmm. because I know that I have great resources like you to go to, to ask questions, to figure out like what's going on or what to do. I feel I'm empowered is really the only word. And I think when you take control of your body and what you're putting in your body and how you want to feel and how you you want to operate the sky's the limit you are unstoppable and i think that's why sobriety is so powerful and thank so you powerful. so much for all your tips and definitely everyone listening have to get brooke's book and we'll link everything in the show notes of course brooke thank you thank so much you. again for your time and your experience this has been so fantastic Thank you for having me. I hope to be back soon. Dr. Brooke will definitely be on the podcast again. In the meantime, check out her book, How to Eat to Change How You Drink, and follow her on Instagram at Dr. Brooke Scheller. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave your feedback about the podcast. And remember that sharing is caring. If you know a friend, a family member, or loved one who needs to hear this episode or any of our other episodes, please make sure to hit that share button and share it along. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Sober Girl's Guide and head to asobergirlsguide.com. We got your back at any stage of your booze-free journey, from our Sober Girl Social Club to group coaching to tips and tricks in our blog. Head to asobergirlsguide.com now. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.